The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What is that? Did that blow your mind? That just happened. Welcome in. It's In This League on the Sports Grid. Get on the grid. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. And I'm here with Casey Bubba today. Bubba, you can follow him on Twitter at Pediatric. What is going on? How did you enjoy the draft? It was surprisingly better than I thought it would be. It was uh, fun watching the mini stages of Roger Goodell. That was fun. <laughs> um, there wasn't as many malfunctions as I'd hoped for. I enjoyed some of the trolling. You had Belichick with a dog in his chair. I don't think that wasn't planned. I'm sorry. Like There was a purpose there. Uh, watching uh, Bill O'Brien yell at someone, that was good when he's in charge of making all the decisions. So that's always fun. Um, there was a lot of good things about it, the good and bad, however you want to take it. But in the end, it was uh, it was fun to have some real sports in our life there for a few days. Now, RotoWare... Uh, they haven't made us shirts yet. Um, you know, it, it would be like uh, a fat Bert and Ernie, I think, would be our <laughs> shirt. But did you see the shirt that they made for? Uh, it was Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski mm-hmm. in the meme, the meme with the cat of the lady like yelling at the cat, and the cat's just sitting at the table. But it was the Belichick dog at the computer. It was so good. It was so fantastic. Good. R- R- yeah. Rotoware is geniuses. Like, they, they, they really are. are. Good. Uh, yeah. they really are. They're, they're doing good work over there. That one was hilarious. Some of them I see and I go, eh, okay. Yeah. You know, that's fine. Uh, well, I always feel bad when I don't know what it means. Uh, like, cause I'm not, I'm not hip and cool with like the, the phrases or I missed something on TV the night before. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I have no idea. I believe that's how all the kids are describing it now too. Right. Hip and cool. <laughs> right. So something like that. Maybe when we were in high school, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not sports grids demographic, but the kids <laughs> are in our demographic. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, the draft was fun and surprisingly, you know, uh, no major malfunctions, no huge technical issues. I, I did read in the first round, like right before the Broncos took Jerry Judy, that like everything uh, in um, Elway's house went down or something, but they had the Comcast people there to fix it already. So, uh, yeah, they were uh, the power of the NFL, right? So, well, they would have picked the quarterbacks at Elway, so it's a good thing it happened. (laughs) Did did you, um, did you see what, um, uh, 
Barstool is doing with the uh, oh, it's genius. The it's auction. so good. I didn't even know it. Like, like the Welsh yeah, I, had I'm to a, tell me yesterday. I'm like the Welsh. I'm like I, I I'm not like a hardcore stoolie because I understand there's a lot of stuff I just don't agree with what they do. But like I love part of my takes. I think they're hilarious. They get good guests. They can keep it fun back and forth. Um, and then what Portnoy does, like as much as a scummy guy as he can be, you gotta appreciate the hustle for what he does and what he built. And the and explain way he, the Goodell thing too, because I don't know that everyone heard it. Okay, so it's it's genius because it started back with Deflate Gate. It was uh, Portnoy and some of the other guys. They literally chained themselves to the corridor like statue at NFL headquarters. Got arrested. They're all in their Patriots gear. So it's been a long ongoing thing. Then they made the fire. They made the Goodell clown shirts, and um, that's been a great thing. He paid for the the rally tags for a. a Patriots playoff game to be in the Goodell clown shirts. There's one on every chair in Gillette Stadium. Um, that happened. So there's a big feud. And Goodell's put a, his foot down and Barstool can't get credentials anywhere. They've snuck into media days. They actually got kicked out and arrested this last year. Um, and they were disguised <laughs> as an old man and an old woman, like four to five hours of prosthetics put on their faces. And they got kicked out. It is, it's amazing what they're doing. And so, yes, they're, they're auctioning off a, a, a chance to uh, – the NFL's auctioning off a chance for two to uh, sit and watch a game in the, the layer, the draft layer of Roger Goodell and watch a Monday Night Football game. And Dave Portnoy is going to buy the thing. There's no one stopping him unless NFL puts up their own money because Portnoy will go broke buying this thing. It is absolutely amazing. Yeah, and what I was saying with the Welsh yesterday is because he explained this whole thing to me, and I didn't, you know, I knew I know who Portnoy is, and I know the, the beef, and it all started with the the clown shirt, you know. I mean, it started before that, but like it really came to a head with Roger Goodell with the clown shirt, and because Matt Patricia was wearing it and stuff after. Well, a lot of players have embraced it. Right, right, yeah, a lot, a lot of players have because uh, the you know the commissioner hands out weird suspensions and stuff, but that's what he gets paid. You know, forty, fifty million bucks a year, whatever it gets at this point now, uh, is to be the guy that looks like a jerk, that looks like an a hole. That's why he makes so much money because he has to be the one to make these decisions that he knows are going to piss off everyone, regardless of what it is. Because you know, you hear about uh, players getting suspended for weed longer than a, a player who you know had a domestic violence allegation mm -hmm. brought up against him, and. You know, a lot of people don't understand that that's not Goodell handing that down. Like the drug stuff has had stuff written in the CBA. This is how we discipline it, that, and that's how he had to do it. And then he would hand out a, a smaller suspension to a player accused of some domestic violence. So it was more like, you know, he people thought that he was shaming the you know the guys that did drugs, but really it was he was letting off the guys with domestic violence easy. So it, I mean, it's not a good spot to be in, regardless of who you are. So, um, but you know, I, I would look like an a hole for forty million bucks a year. I look like an a hole for barely above <laughs> minimum wage right now. So it's fine, you know. Um, but that's that's what he's paid to do. So that was, and having Roger Goodell do the weird fireside chat thing where, and I was telling Welsh yesterday too. It was funny because I was thinking like, man, he's old. Is he really going to stand this whole time? I thought they were going to pass it <laughs> off to. Someone else, like they did on the last day, the vice commissioner. Yeah, uh, I thought someone else was going to take over. Right, right, because that's what they do in the normal draft. Yeah. You know, after round one, round two, uh, Roger Goodell goes and sits back uh, in the green room and talks to everybody, and then you know everyone else uh, is announced by someone else, and they do a lot of you know um, giveaways, a lot of raffles, you know, season ticket holders for the team, make a wish, gets a lot of. Uh, picks in there as well so there's just all kinds of different people announcing them but i think because of this year and the weird technical stuff they're like no we're just gonna have goodell do all the picks so uh so it, and it went off fine it went out uh went off without a hitch 
which was surprising. But um, that brings me to what we're going to be doing this week. I don't know how many dates this is going to take up. I don't know how long it's going to go. Maybe quicker with you and slower with the Welsh. Maybe slower with the Welsh quicker with you. But we're going to go by division. And I figured since we have Bubba on here, let's not start at 1-1. Let's start at 1-5 with your Miami Dolphins and what they did uh, in this draft. You know, obviously, tons and tons of needs, Bubba. Uh, quarterback being a big one, offensive tackle, uh, safety being a big one, uh, fixing the interior of the offensive line, edge rushers. They spent a lot on the team in the offseason. But, um, you know, the draft picks here, I'll just burn through them real quick. Tua Tunga Viola in the first with one of their three first-round picks at five. Um, we know you're happy because we already talked about that on Saturday. Uh, went with Austin Jackson, the offensive tackle from USC, at 18. Uh, Noah Ig- Igbenogane, uh, the cornerback from Auburn, at 30 overall. Robert Hunt, interior offensive line from Louisiana, at uh, 39, Raquan Davis, defensive tackle from Bama, at 56 overall with their two second-round picks. Then in the third round, Hookham went to Texas because they're very, very smart. And so Brandon <laughs> Jones, the safety from Texas. Then uh, Solomon Kendi, interior offensive lineman from Georgia. Stowbridge fell to the fifth. Uh, Jason Stowbridge, the edge rusher from North Carolina. Curtis Weaver, another guy that fell to the fifth. Um, they, they snapped up out of Boise State. And Blake Ferguson, a long snapper, which made no sense to me. Yeah, the last two picks that. didn't make any, any <laughs> no, sense. No, not at all. Not uh, at all. But apparently his brother is a long snapper for somebody, though. Blake Ferguson, and he's been long snapping for like six years. I mean, and, and so uh, the Fergusons uh, have a long snapper uh, uh, family. And then the last pick was Malcolm Perry, uh, who played quarterback in Navy. Uh, looks like they're going to... Uh, move him to running back is what the plan is uh, for the Dolphins. So uh, just this is your team. So I'm going to let you kind of take it away. What were your thoughts? And, you know, we have grades pulled up. There's um, a uh, kind of a choreographed one here from Renee Bugner on Twitter at RNBWCV. Uh, Welsh and I talked about this yesterday. The Dolphins were, I think, 17 overall as far as draft grade goes um, around a 306. A couple A's, but a lot of B's and a couple C's as well. So what were your thoughts? Oh, those C's are just curmudgeons. Those are, those are <laughs> some awful people that get coal in their stocking this Christmas. Um, but Tunga Viola, like we've talked about, I absolutely loved it. I don't have to elaborate on that. That's just outstanding. Regardless, if he, he stays healthy, just the, the upside is too good to pass up right there. Um, I love the fact that they got Austin, uh, Austin Jackson – and Robert Hunt, two solid offensive linemen in round uh, one and two early on. It's more of a developmental draft for the Dolphins. They were looking to play for 2021. So you get these guys that are, that are super talented, maybe still a little green around the edges to, to develop in Jackson and Hunt. So I like that upside. Noah I, as we talked about, that's his name, <laughs> Noah I. Um, and you, you pack, pair him up with Brandon Jones. They already made some nice uh, defensive additions, Myron Jones and company, in the offseason. So that defense is getting stout which Flores loves to play with in New England, now with Miami. So I'm a big fan of that. Raekwon Davis is a sneaky good defensive tackle out of Alabama, obviously. I loved, loved the fall of Stowbridge and Weaver. Like, they fell for a reason, obviously. I'm not a, a GM to, to understand why. There's a lot of guys that fell. I was texting you a lot on Thursday, like, what is going on? Um, Stowbridge and Weaver were kind of like, huh, these could be some nice upside picks. Like it, The back end of this draft, I know I've been saying it a lot. I probably annoy people. It's a New England mentality in Miami now. The leadership is from New England. We just have to accept that. So they're doing things differently, and usually that re- results in winning. And the back end of this draft was literally 
we're going to get upside value picks. Stowbridge, Weaver, Fell. Boom. Blake Ferguson, not flashy. New England doesn't do flashy things either. This is literally a guy they probably said, okay, we'll draft him in the sixth round. They probably could have got him as an undrafted free agent. Let's just be real about it. But they drafted him. And they're like, you know what? This is our long snapper for the next five to ten years because obviously there's a Ferguson legacy, as you mentioned. That yes, is, you yes. can't pass these things up, like all pro legacy type stuff. You know, punters are people too. Long snappers are people too. Let's just think about it. So I like that. Malcolm Perry – I guess the idea in the seventh round, it's a pure upside play. Like, it's an athlete. You remember, like, when you played college football, NCAA, like, 2014? Oh, yeah. And you had all the positions. And you just had athlete, ATH. That's who it was. Malcolm Perry is the athlete. If they want to run a, a you know, before Tua gets there, if they want to run a, a wildcat, or they want to run a guy out of the slot, or they want to go maybe a goofy setup in the backfield, Perry has that because he did all that kind of stuff at Navy. Super athletic. Could be quite interesting there. I love the draft. A lot of developmental picks. Like, nothing that's going to stand out as a right now half the play type guys, but they're not looking to win right now. Heck, if they go another four win season, five win season, get another set of nice top picks, they'll be ready to rock and roll in 2021. So I love what they did. As you said, a lot of holes they needed to fill, and they filled a ton of those in this draft, in the offseason. They're going to be ready to roll for 2021. So I'm looking at draft uh, DraftKings uh, over under win totals for the Dolphins. Uh, they've got them at six this year. Um, what do you say about six wins for your Miami Dolphins? That's a good number. Like that's a really good number. I'm gonna take the over because I'm very optimistic. I love the improvements from last year. I love the defensive stoutness. I really, I've always been a Fitzpatrick fan. I believe he actually can lead teams to victories that certain backup quarterbacks are kind of you know one A one B like one B type quarterbacks maybe can't do. He has that talent. I believe in Devontae Parker. Jacecki can make the next step. They have pieces in place right now to already already compete. And maybe some of these guys they drafted come out long a little sooner, plus the offensive adi- or the offseason additions. I'll take the over, but mainly it's, New England's going to be a little, you know, not not as good. But Buffalo's going to be good. Jets had a good draft, as we'll talk about. I'm going to take the over, but six is a really good number. Plus four hundred to make For the, the over. playoffs. Oh, well, ex- is this with, with the extended playoffs, the expanded playoffs? This is with the. This is for. Uh, 2020 and 2021 is how they marked it off because we don't know when the season is going to officially start. But a yes is plus 400. No is minus 560. So uh, plus 400, I will take the yes just for that value alone. Because like, right. all, it, all it takes is an 8 and 8. could sneak in with the new setup. I'll, I'll take that. So how much money would you put on that? Like, you know, well, are you going to throw like 20 bucks on it? Or are you thinking like, yeah, I'll throw 100 bucks on that? I go like twenty to fifty. Okay. Like it's like reasonable number. Say fifty bucks at plus four hundred. That nets you what two thousand. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think that's fair. So um, I like this team a lot. I'm well, it'd be two homership. I'm trying to keep my homership out of it, but I really do believe in the things they showed towards the end of last year. This team is definitely headed in the right direction. And you know, a couple bounces go the right way, they could end up eight and eight, nine and seven before you know it, and that's a playoff team. How many games does? Because Pisa Pia and I were arguing about this on the the black book. How many starts for Tua this year? Okay, the, the, the lazy answer, it really depends on if they're winning or losing games. Of course. Um, if they're winning football games. The number you would bet on right now. I'd say the over-under should be two and a half, and I'll take the – did you say starts or playing? The starts. I'd say under two. So give me two – he'll start in two games. Okay, uh, because I said it at four, and Joe said eight. And I said, I don't no, think he's not playing any yeah. games, not a chance in heck Four, maybe eight, right. not a chance. In heck. No, right. No. And, and I didn't even <laughs> think about, you know, the Welsh brought up the point that Rosen is still there, too. So, you yeah, know, I want to trade him or something. Yeah. Yeah. Rosen's still there. So maybe uh, let him 
you know, Fitzpatrick just is not getting it done at all because you're not going to be in the range of, you know, you don't want to be drafting another quarterback next year. So even if you're picking high, you know, it could be something, even though this makes me so mad. The Dolphins have two first round picks already for next year. Oh, I know. Because I know. Laramie Tunsil, uh, yep. <laughs> he would, they got the 2021. Tunsil was already, pre- he was already prepared for COVID-19. He's got the mask. He's <laughs> and that dude's a free agent after this year too, for the he Texans. Just nego- no, he just negotiated his extension with the Texans Did himself. He? Okay. Yeah. A, he negotiated it himself. That's Bill O'Brien at his finest. They said he, Bill O'Brien ended up spending, I think 10 to 15 more million dollars because he waited a year to give it to him. <laughs> the guy can't get out of his own way. He really can't, dude. He is an absolute mess. A great, great person. You know, uh, watched a lot of stuff about Bill O'Brien. Uh, you know, he went over to Penn State when they were hurting and, and brought that team back to life. Um, you know, uh, obviously a huge help for the Patriots for a long time, but just a mess at running the organization himself. He doesn't have whatever that Bill Belichick gene is. You know, he just doesn't. So, um, now, obviously. Sorry, but obviously we, we I'm gonna we all want to listen to the black book. Can you give me a quick synopsis on how the heck Joe thinks he plays eight games? Because if they're if if, if Fitzpatrick's that bad and they're losing, they'll play Rosen. If they're right. winning a ton of games, they're gonna stick with Fitzpatrick. So I'm trying to figure out the eight game logic. I think it's just the fact that you get your franchise quarterback in there and you want him to get experience. So like I understand where Joe's coming from. Plus the you know the stat line of the last guy drafted in the first round to not start a game in uh you know his rookie season was Eman, um, uh, E.J. Manuel, right? Uh, but it's not, we're, we're still counting Patrick Mahomes. These are like week 17 and See, stuff like that. Count. Yeah, I know they shouldn't count, but they do, like because it is starting yeah. a game, it, whether it's because of bye week or injury or whatever. You know, it, you know in, that, in that thought process, most people would probably think that Jordan Love would start a game this year, but the only way he does is if Aaron Rodgers is hurt. That's, That's when Aaron Rodgers walks out of the building. That's or it, it, it's the thing where they're going into week 17 and they're 14 and 2, 13 and 3. They have their bye week locked up and they don't need him to play. So that is basically, you know, the, the mindset of first round picks, especially top 10, usually play year one and uh, they want to get him some experience. But uh, you can listen to that argument on the Black Book. I said four games. Uh, we have to hit a break here, but when we come back, we'll be looking at the rest of the teams from the AFC East and see what they did in the draft. It's in this league on the Sports Grid. Stick with us. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you. 
because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, that dang old... In this league. Talk about www.com, me, you made you go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. Uh, I don't know what you're saying, but that, that's what's going on, yeah. Welcome back in this league on the Sports Grid. Get on the grid. I'm your host, Scott Barton. We're here for segment two of this hour-long edition of In This League, the daily here on the Sports Grid. And I'm here with Casey Bubba. Follow him on the Twitter at BDNTrick. Casey, plug all the stuff you're doing right now. Uh, Bench with Bubba, that's the thing I'm doing three to four times a week. Base, call, uh, fantasy baseball, switching in some football from time to time. Who knows? Might bring UFC back. I used to do that pretty regularly and that's supposed to be coming back May 9th so we might get some of that action but follow me on Twitter at BDNTrick you'll get most of the work there Roto Baller one to two articles a week sticking with the grind as it's looking optimistic we're going to get some actual baseball this year with other sports coming back I'm going to keep grinding away it's like the boys at ITL are grinding away giving you the content to keep you ready for things so benched with Bubba go check that out and uh, yeah get everything you need on Twitter now we're talking uh, about these uh, the, the draft grades uh, of each team by division. We're starting out in the AFC East. Bubba just went over his Miami Dolphins. Very excited. Uh, he says they're definitely going to uh, make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl, right? That was your comments? <laughs> Championship. Right. <laughs> TJ Hoshmazod. Hoshmazilla. No, but. The kids that don't know what hip and cool are, I don't even know where that commercial's from, so don't worry about it. <laughs> that is like an OG NFL yeah. Network commercial. That was uh, like I think that might have been the year because I think the NFL Network started in 2007. I remember yeah. because I was uh, moving to a house and uh, I had to get DirecTV and all that stuff, and it was very expensive. So, um, <laughs> but it, it, it continues to be very expensive, <laughs> yes. right? Um, it, it has not changed. You write it off though, so yeah. that's fine. Uh, but we're going to go to Buffalo. Now, Buffalo was actually, uh, I think, the last team to make a pick in the draft. They didn't pick until 54 overall. I think it was either them or the Rams. I can't remember who it was. But they traded their first-round pick, and they got Stephon Diggs, which was uh, a great way to go about things here. But this class that they put together is, I thought, really, really good. Now, we came in you know, looking over uh, from our, our buddies over at the Draft Network and the things that they listed out as needs for this team. It was edge rusher, corner, and running back. Uh, on my notes, uh, I you know, listed maybe an interior offensive lineman in there as well, uh, but the corners, you know, Josh Norman was ranked like 109 out of 112 in PFF last year and uh Taron Johnson wasn't uh great did not grade out well as a nickel slash slot back uh so they did take a corner but um they really went with BPA I thought almost every single spot here their very first pick AJ Epinesa who was if you had talked about AJ Epinesa going into the college football season last year he would have been a top 10 pick 
Now, a lot of that, I, I think, you know, he didn't have as great a year he had his senior year as his junior year, but um, I, I think really it was more about people boosting their stock and not about his dropping. His kind of stayed the same where other guys uh, got mentioned, and he fell in the draft for whatever reason, but I thought A.J. Epines at 54 overall was an amazing pick by them. Uh, their next pick in the third round at 86 overall, they grabbed Zach Moss, a running back out of Utah. They followed that up in the fourth at 128 overall with Gabriel Davis, a wide receiver from UCF. Then they were the ones to take the risk on Jake Fromm, who fell and fell and fell and fell. He, do you remember what his over-under was when we were betting on it? I want to say it was maybe around 60, 65-ish. 60 and a half. Around, you were yeah, right. he was around, yeah, he was around Jalen Hurts a little before Jalen Hurts, and yeah, I definitely did not have him going before 60. I, I've been the anti-From guy this whole time. <laughs> so he went at 155. Uh, I think they moved up to get him uh, a little bit. Then they took, I mean, you can tell, like, 30 picks later, they took a kicker out of Georgia Southern in Tyler Bass. Isaiah wow. Hodgins, the big body wide receiver out of Oregon State, went to them in sixth round. And then they took Dane Jackson, probably to play that nickel corner role out of Pittsburgh, the corner in the seventh round. So what did you think about what the bills did here? I love it. This is a team that we know lives on defense. They want to limit um, the turnovers by Josh Allen, which can be tricky at times, but they use his athleticism. They're trying to stretch the field out more. That's why they got a Stefan Diggs, the opposite of John Brown. But you bring in a, a Gabriel Davis, who's a sneaky good receiver for UCF was their main guy down there in Florida. He can be good. And then Hodgins, is really good, like for where you got him at. Obviously, he's not a first-round receiver, but like a possession receiver, a guy that can go up and get the football. I watched him a lot in the Pac-12, like you probably did late on Saturday nights. He's better than people think. Like that's a pretty good value, I think, at that point in the draft compared to other wide receivers. So, yeah, I like that quite a bit. Yeah. Go ahead. No, keep going. Oh, I like that quite a bit. Uh, Jake Fromm, I just laughed. Like I just kept tweeting, tweeting every time a new quarterback <laughs> went off the board. There were some quarterbacks, honestly, Boggs. I can't remember who they are now that, that went before him that I didn't even know were in the draft. Like I was just, I was loving this because it was nothing against Jake Fromm personally. It's more just like you shouldn't have come out. You weren't that good to me. But hey, here we are. That's the Epinesa pick is phenomenal. That's the defensive pick I love a lot. That the him falling that far, no idea why, but that's phenomenal. And then Zach Moss is a very good, um, you know, opposite Singletary. Play Singletary kind of the more elusive scat back. Moss, you're kind of between the tackles but can catch the ball guy. I like both very, very well. Uh, the G, I believe it was the GM of the Bills, something Bean. I apologize for that. He was on an interview today on, uh, on, on Tuesday, I believe, or Monday afternoon, saying that Moss is going to come out there and he, he sees this being like a 50-50 deal where Moss is going to get 15-plus carries a game. And then Singletary is going to be there kind of being the – it almost feels like a Gordon-Eckler situation already right. brewing with Moss-Singletary. So keep that in mind for your fantasy purposes. But this is, a I thought, a good draft for the Bills. Not super flashy, but just development in a big way. And I didn't even hear that, and that's kind of how I thought it was going to pan out anyway. So glad to know my instincts are kind of intact as far as the running backs go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought they did a great job, and especially when you consider – uh, you know, if you take their first round pick and just put on put in Stefan Diggs, you know, so it would be yeah. Diggs, Epinesa, Zach Moss, a fifth for Diggs, too. Uh, but I, I thought Gabriel Davis is a great pick. He's going to be uh, uh, an awesome target uh, to, to get wide open down the field for Josh Allen. Josh Allen has all the arm in the world, so he can make those deep throws to Gabe Davis. So I like this. I would have liked a corner, um, you know. 
it's tough for me to sit here and tell you I'd want a corner, but I I would have wanted one if I was the Bills because that that's where they're going to get beat. But they don't have to worry about you know super exciting quarterback play in the AFC East this year because Brady's gone. You know Fitzpatrick is my age. That's not good. And um, then uh, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold might be the second best quarterback in this. Uh, division. He might be the best quarterback in this division. Hey, don't forget Darnold. So young. Look at that storyline. So young. Lego head is still very, very young. So I thought this was a great class, but this is what Buffalo does. And this is how they built uh, to, to be so good for, uh, you know, a while now. You know, they've always kind of been in the Patriots shadow. But uh, what, what are your odds on uh, what what would you consider the odds to be this team wins their division? Buffalo. I, I I have Buffalo winning the division. I like them going. I say nine or ten wins for the Bills. I I love that defense that much. And then you you show some improvements. Josh Allen, the way he's slowly improved. These guys they should have they should have beat Houston. Let's put it that way in the playoffs. This is a good football team. Uh, so uh, surprisingly, I'm looking at this. The Dolphins plus seven hundred to win the division. The Jets plus seven hundred. The Bills plus one sixty. So obviously the favorites. Yep. Nope. Patriots plus one fifteen. Patriots still I'm gonna, the favorite. I'm gonna be nice. I'm gonna be nice. I'm gonna be nice. <laughs> that's that's ridiculous. Because I, I swear, if if Patriots Nation wins the division this year with all those guys leaving town and just Stidham at quarterback, I might have to leave Twitter forever. <laughs> now uh, eight and a half the win total here. For I'll them. take the over. Give me the I'll over. Take the over. Okay. Well, let's go to the Jets because the Jets had. The, the next uh, highest pick in the draft here at 111, where they took Makai Becton. And that was their biggest need going in. Really, the needs pointed out uh, were offensive tackle, edge, wide receiver, and interior offensive line. And this is one of the rosters that I looked at. Uh, and I, I use uh, PFF to, to look at uh, rosters and depth charts and stuff. And this was one of them where I was like, oh, this is ugly. This roster is not good. You know, they have good pieces, of course, Sam Darnold. Is good. Uh, um, I, I still think Le'Veon Bell, a uh, pretty damn good player. Uh, Jamal Adams obviously garnered a lot of trade interests who they didn't wind up trading. Uh, but this is an ugly roster. So I think they did some good things here. Obviously starting out with Makai Becton, the offensive tackle from Louisville, who a lot of people thought was going to fall because of his uh, drug test at the Combine, came up diluted. But he said it was just... Um, uh, I, you know, maybe I'm getting him wrong with I'm getting him wrong with someone else because someone else will talk about how they drink a lot of water to weigh more. There's no way Makai Beck did <laughs> want to weigh more. So I'm definitely getting him mixed up with somebody else. He uh, just used the wrong guy's piss. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, second round pick 59 was Denzel Mims, wide receiver out of Baylor. Uh, Ashton Davis had some first down uh, first round run. Excuse me. From the safety from Cal, they got him at pick 68 overall. Uh, Jabari Zaniga, the uh, edge rusher out of Florida, uh, also fell a little bit down to 79. LaMichael P. Ryan at 120. Uh, James Morgan, the quarterback out of FIU, went ahead of Fromm at 125. That was one of them that stood out to me, like, what in the world? <laughs> <laughs> James Morgan got a lot of run after, um, not the combine, but I think it was just the, uh, the East-West game. I think that he got a lot of run out of that because um, uh, that in the senior bowl, uh, because he just looked better than any other quarterback there. Uh, Cameron Clark, the offensive tackle from Charlotte fell to them in the fourth as well. And then Bryce Hall, the big corner from Virginia, this guy six, two fell all the way to the uh, fifth round. And then they took an Aggie punter gross 
in the sixth <laughs> round. Draft a punter, especially from A&M. What are you doing? Well, they have experience punting, so it's cool. They do, and, uh, and this guy does too from because he went to A&M. So, um, you know, I think edge rusher was the biggest thing. After that, to me, it was really getting weapons for, uh, for Sam Darnold. They got Denzel Mims, who I think is great, and I think his fantasy value is going to be fantastic. He could be uh, their number one target as soon as this year, and it wouldn't surprise me. But other than that, LaMichael Pirine is fine. I guess the edge that he has over Le'Veon Bell going into this year is that he is uh, he's now an Adam Gase guy. You know, Adam Gase took him. So, um, But the, the Jets had pretty decent grades here. Uh, they graded out uh, at... Three as a three four zero as uh, let me see five like eleventh ranked team here uh, on this this grade sheet from Renee Bugner. So what do you think about the Jets draft? Well, well first off, I've never thought it'd be a good thing to be called a Adam Gase guy. So uh, well, that's that's a, that's a scary thought because he's a horrible head coach. But um, <laughs> Mackay Becton, great pick. I know a lot of people wanted uh, uh, Wilfs out of Iowa, I believe, but. Worse, sorry, I, I'm I'm horrible right Werfs, now. and then Wills is Alabama. Wills, that's the one. Worfs, everyone wanted Worfs. I know that for a fact, and he has kept falling. So this was an interesting pick, but uh, very very good offensive lineman out of Louisville. Uh, Mims fell, Davis fell, like you said. So in theory, they got some good values out of this, which is great to see. But then I'm with you. It's like P Ryan. He never really flashed it for me. I didn't really see it. Maybe he he portrays better in the NFL and uh, program, but it didn't work for me. James Morgan, I guess you could say, you know, you said good in the in the postseason action and then maybe a better backup quarterback instead of going like love with Green Bay so early. Go get a James Morgan to go back up Sam Darnold, who's your future quarterback. Don't try to put that pressure on him. So that's a good idea. But I think it's just a lot of pieces that they needed. The Jets are still a pretty, you know, looking at the roster, it's bad, like you said, but they're a decent football team. It's only a few tweaks away. This, this AFC East is going to be pretty good. I, I didn't like a lot of these guys are more just kind of guys they needed more than the flashy picks. Fantasy wise doesn't do a whole lot for me. Good draft though. They got some tremendous value. I'm just questioning kind of how you were like P Ryan Morgan, a punter in the sixth round, these kind of things you need. Didn't you learn in fantasy? You take a punter with your last pick. Well, I guess it was their last pick, but like in the seventh round, not the sixth round, stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, there's just, there are winnable jobs here. I mean, Becton should be the starting left tackle from day one, especially since that moves Fant. Uh, who's never been great. I think last year he finally graded out uh, to league average at tackle. So, uh, which is fine, you know, especially if you're a right tackle, but that dude shouldn't be playing left tackle for a franchise quarterback. So not, I think getting Becton was a very, very smart move by uh, by the Jets for sure. But um, let, let me see their win total here real surprised quick. Surprised they didn't move Jamal Adams either. That surprised me. Yeah, I, I'm not that surprised. That's a tough guy to move because he's, he's too good to move. It really yeah. doesn't matter that he's that upset. Like, you just have to, okay, well, well we're going to pay you still, so you better keep showing up. Um, okay, this win total, a little bit better than the Dolphins at six and a half. Number one, on a scale of uh, how much would you throw uh, on them and which one would it be on the over or the under? Let's do that first. I'll put fifty on the under. Fifty on the under. Okay. It's a, it's tight. They should be their six or seven win team. I could see. Yeah, they won. Uh, Darnold went seven and six with them last year. Yeah, so he's not a bad quarterback. Not he's bad good. at all. Uh, the uh, level that you feel from one to ten that you are offended that the Jets are projected to win more games than your Dolphins. Oh, zero. I'm not offended at all. I. 
I appreciate that no one liking the Dolphins. That's always a good thing. You don't want to be. It's like <laughs> it's like getting a it's like getting a bad grade on a fantasy draft. Like you want to not be appreciated. I want to like people. I even agree that they're a 2021 team. But hey, let's sneak up on some people this year. They stuck on, on people last year winning the five games. I I I don't have to remind New England fans week 17 how that went. Sneak up in <laughs> in, in New England. This is a good team. So keep us under the radar. Don't worry about it. We'll see you. We'll see you in uh, December. I mean. Uh, what if they put odds on Adam Gase keeping his job by the end of the year? What like I'm now going to make you you're the curator of all the bets. What <laughs> what kind of money are you putting on? What's your plus minus on Adam Gase getting fired uh, at the end of the year? I'll put him yes to firing minus 180, no to firing plus 220, just <laughs> because somehow it seems like the Jets like he should have been fired after last year. So yeah. for some reason they like him. I don't. I'll, I'll, yeah. So he'll he'll keep his job. Yeah, and, and maybe he will. Uh, you know, I. It's one of those things where it's hard to fire the guy. You know, he has to make like two more big screw ups for them to fire him. But we have to go to break before we screw up and go over here. So uh, <laughs> we we are gonna hit a break here. We're gonna come back and talk about the Patriots draft class. Stick with us. It's in this league on the Sports Grid. We'll be right back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. In this league. I thought we were going to be just friends. What? Friends listen to... In this league. In the dark. Welcome back. It's In This League on the Sports Grid. You hear Endless Love. You know what that means. It's the end of the show here. But we got another segment to go. Uh, it's myself, Scott Bogman. Follow me on Twitter at Bogman Sports. Follow KC Bubba at BDNTrick. And check out the In This League Patreon, if you would. Patreon.com slash ITL Army. I already have first-year player drafts. One through, I think, 79 offensive skill position uh, prospects that were drafted in this class. I also have listed... Uh, UDFAs in there. I didn't rank the UDFAs. It's always tougher for an undrafted free agent to make 
uh, a roster because there's no pride on the line if they don't make it. You can cut them. But if you keep your UDFA and cut your fifth-round pick, you're going to hurt a little bit in the pride department as far as a GM goes. So um, because they don't have a round next to their name, they're a little easier to cut. So it's tougher to rank guys like that to, to make the squad. But um, I do have them listed on there. Uh, a lot of guys that I never heard of who I'm assuming are being brought in from favors or um, you know to play special teams or stuff like that. But a lot of guys that we have heard, like Thaddeus Moss went undrafted. Uh, apparently he had a, a scan and had a Liz Frank injury. But I have that list up um, on Friday. I'm going to have new dynasty ranks up, uh, including all of the rookies for this season. And by Friday of the following week, I'm going to have 2020 rankings for our PPR league up as well. So uh, that, along with all of the secret shows that the Welsh and I do, plus all of the baseball ranks that he does with the minor leaguers, he's going to have a new list coming out in May with profiles on a lot of the players, a lot of stuff for the college baseball draft coming up as well. And um, just all kinds of stuff. Group me rooms over on our Patreon. So check it out if you would. Last team here, Bubba, the New England Patriots. Boo! <laughs> that was not planned, I promise. Um, you know, a weird class like the Patriots always do. Um, went back to their roots instead of drafting wide receivers like Nikhil Harry in the first round last year. They went. Well, they, they did the usual. They traded out of the first round. Like, it right. was just par for the course. Yep, they traded the pick, and, uh, you know, Packers move up. And, and get their their guy, but uh, they traded with the Chargers. The Chargers wanted to move back into the first, um, so they, they flipped with them, and they got uh, Kyle Duggar, the safety from Lenore Ryan, who got a lot of buzz during the Senior Bowl. That, that was really when he picked up all of his buzz. People were like, man, this guy can play with any safety in this class. He might be the first safety to come off the board. Uh, so, I mean, great job by them, uh, snatch, snatching up that guy. They had, uh, th that was 37. They had picked 60 as well from Baltimore and they took Josh, uh, Josh Uche, the edge, uh, run linebacker out of Michigan. I thought that was a good pick because it, it established a need. Really their needs are interior offensive linemen, uh, quarterback because Jared Stidham is, is going to start for them wide receiver and edge rushers. And they doubled up on the edge rushers as well with Anthony Jennings, the uh, edge out of Alabama, who has had a weird career. Um, uh, you know, he's kind of been up and down as far as the draft process goes, but he really is probably just an edge rusher. Uh, but that's what they need, so that's fine. It fills a need. Then they went back-to-back -back tight ends, Bubba, in a weird move. Uh, Devin Asiasi, the tight end from UCLA, good pass catcher, and then kind of an H-backy type of a tight end in Virginia Tech's Dalton Keene. I thought uh, it, it was just weird of them to take two tight ends in a class that isn't deep on tight ends. And this one, I mean, the, these guys were both third round picks, uh, 91 overall uh, for Asiasi and 10 picks later, Dalton Keene goes. Then, of course, in true Patriots fashion, they go with a <laughs> kicker, Justin Rojaser from uh, the kicker from Marshall in the fifth round and pick 159. They didn't have a fourth round pick. But it was just weird. Uh, you know, I know that um, Goskowski retired, um, or maybe he left. I can't remember. He sucked last year anyway. Uh, so they got their guy. That was the first kicker off the board. So that was uh, strange. Michael Owenawu, uh, the in interior offensive lineman from Michigan, kind of fell. I saw a lot of teams interviewed him, um, I think, from the Shrine game. So uh, he got a lot of run but fell to the sixth round. 
and then Justin Heron, the offensive tackle from Wake Forest. Uh, Cash Malula, who I have never heard of, uh, the linebacker uh, who played le- next to Logan Wilson at Wyoming, and then a center, Dustin Woodard from uh, Memphis. So weird draft class, but very Patriot-like, Bubba. What did you think of it? Yeah, very Patriot-like. That's the best way to phrase it up because when you trade out of the first round and then you draft a player from a Division One AA school in the second round, you are going full off the board. That's what the Patriots do so well. Uh, they made 10 picks. Nine of them they received in trades. So that just tells you another thing, what they do so well. But the edge rushers, like you said, were something they definitely needed and was was uh, right in their wheelhouse. I The tight end plays was very intriguing to me because a couple things to think about here. Obviously, their biggest success is when they used to have two tight ends that were very athletic and talented. Obviously, you know how that story finished. Um, uh, <laughs> one we of also, them is Tampa Bay, and one of them is no longer with us. One of them's not hanging out anymore. Um, another one, another thing is a young quarterback, a tight end, can be a nice safety valve. So now you get them two options out there to to keep them moving the game and uh, not having to take big chances, maybe. So this is an interesting move, I, and I, I can't remember who it was. I believe they even signed another one as an undrafted free agent. So they're bringing three tight ends in to camp. So that's going to be interesting there. They needed to replace a kicker, as silly as it sounds. Like you can you can get them anywhere you want, but when you take them out of the draft, it's cheap, really cheap. So that's one way the uh, Patriots keep that going. Yeah, like over under. There's ten picks here. Over under five and a half of these guys are Pro Bowlers in the next four years. <laughs> no like, way. It's what they don't. How many over under five and a half? It's what these guys do. The Patriots. This is what they do. No, I, I I'm not gonna take five and a half. I guess I'm just a jaded. I'm a jaded. Also, uh, by the way. I think it is since 2015, there are two teams to not draft a Pro Bowler, and the Patriots are one of them. Are you serious? Yeah. It's <laughs> the Patriots wild. and the Bengals. So, you know, people can keep telling me, you know, uh, he can't do, uh, Tom Brady can't do it without Belichick. That's bullcrap in, in my, well, let's, in let's my be fair, humble though. opinion. Let's be fair. Most of their talent is either too old from 2015 on or... Yeah, the, a few of them, like Welker and company, they've, they've gotten from elsewhere. But right. most, of, most of their homegrown talent that was really talented, that they've been there for quite a while. Well, they that's, can why, fix that's why the rebuild's happening. They, they can fix guys like nobody's business. You know, a guy plays like crap for a team for four years. He goes into New England, they tweak one thing, and he's much much better player or much more inspired player. I mean, think of how crappy Randy Moss was. Everyone thought he was cooked at uh, when he was in Oakland. He just didn't want to play there. You know, he was not inspired to play and put out a good performance and all that kind of stuff. And then he goes to the Patriots and lights it up, you know, because uh, he's got Tom Brady playing with him. And, uh, you know, they just they, they know how to fix guys. So uh, which is weird that they can fix guys, but they can't evaluate the talent they take in yeah. the draft, uh, which is just wild. strange to me. How is bad it? was Nikhil Harry last year? And I love Nikhil sure. Harry. Sure. I, I still think he's going to be good. A lot of these a guys. Of peak, yeah. A lot of these guys peak after. Um, True. You know, uh, no one's a finished product. That's what I keep saying. Well, the, the, uh, the thing that the, the thing that surprises me is we talked about Brady's obviously gone in Tampa Bay. Stidham's going to be the guy for now. Uh, they people have said, you know, why haven't they brought in Cam or someone else? It was interesting seeing somewhere that Belichick said leaving this draft without a quarterback was not a part of the plan. Right. Like they were trying to draft one, but in typical Patriots fashion, again, a they weren't going to go reaching for one or trading up for one. It was weird because you figured they would make a point to address that situation. And I know there's been a lot of glowing reports on Stidham that he's good and all these things. And, you know, in preseason, he looked great. Like, I'm not going to knock that. He looks like a talented guy. Probably going to need a little bit of work here. Could be a year or so. But um, they, the fact that Belichick came out and said that 
was very telling to me. Yeah, and I, I'm, you know, Joe, being our resident Patriot fan, uh, said that he thinks that it's more along the lines of they thought Jordan Love was a second round talent and no one was going to reach for him and they could take him in the second round. And it's just not the case. And, and I said to Joe, I think, you know, it's weird that if that was their thought process, because almost every single year, I think, except for maybe last year, somebody trades up uh, into somebody almost always trades up yeah. into the back end of the first round to take a quarterback. I think last year, uh, Locke was, went in the second. So let me just take a look at this back end of the first round from last year. So wasn't have, Lamar wasn't Lamar in the back last year? That was twenty eighteen. Yeah. Year before, yeah. it's all it's all a blur, just like him running down the sidelines. Right, right, exactly. So yeah, I think last year. Uh, let me just do this. Control F Q B. Uh, we had Murray go one overall. Then Dimes went six. Uh, Haskins went fifteen, and we didn't get another one until Locke was uh, was picked at forty two. So nobody traded back into the first round last year. But, yes, in 2018, uh, the Raptors traded up to get um, to get Lamar. And I think uh, the year before that, it's just like a, a tradition. Remember, that's how mm-hmm. Johnny Manziel got picked. That's how yep. Aaron Rodgers got picked. You know, it's a lot of teams trading back up into the back end of the first round when a guy falls. Lamar Jackson was picked 32. Uh, that's crazy. Thank you, thinking about that now. And four quarterbacks goodness. went ahead of him, Bubba. Yeah. Four. 31 teams said no. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. My team was one of them. <laughs> oh, so, so was mine. Trust yeah. me. That's why they got two of this year. <laughs> uh, I just want to look at 2017 real quick uh, to see, was there someone? Uh, maybe not in 2017 That's the, either. It's the Mahomes draft, isn't it? Yeah, 2017, it went Trubisky two overall. <laughs> oh, yeah, it gets better, too. There's uh, another one coming before. And then, uh, Mahomes. Pat Mahomes uh, at 10, the, uh, Deshaun Watson at 12, and Deshaun then uh well, this is the reason Kaiser was the next QB off the board. That was a bad QB draft. Davis Webb went in the third. CJ Beathard went late in the third. Then Josh Dobbs in the fourth to Pittsburgh. Nate Peterman, who I liked, by the way, coming out. Uh, Brad Kaya and then Chad Swag Kelly was Mr. Yeah. Relevant. Swag Kelly's actually, I think he's better than half those quarterbacks that got drafted. <laughs> and he just didn't get, but, um, you know, I, I don't want to bash on the Bears too much, but being a Bears fan, Knowing that you pass on Watson or Mahomes, like that's gonna haunt for a long. Oh, just eats him up every day, man. Like yeah, our like, guy, our guy Guthrie in the ITL Army, huge Bears fan. He's like, I'm just so invested in the next year's draft class of quarterbacks. Lawrence, and, tank, tank. What's what's the phrase gonna be? Can't tank. Tank for, Lawrence, for Trevor. Lose, lose for lose for Lawrence. Well, tank for Trevor, and uh, I like fail for Fields. I like that's that a good one, one too, too. Uh, because he's gonna be in there. But have you seen this kid from? Uh, uh, got his name, you know, too many names, of course, uh, for me in my brain right now, but the kid from North Dakota state, um, uh, he's like the next Wentz, basically. Well, yeah, he threw 28 touchdowns and no picks. Yeah, he was year. good. He was uh, good. I watched him on some of the playoff games. He was yeah, good. Um, let me see if I can find it. Uh, his name, uh, where, oh, Trey Lance. That's it. Trey Lance from North Dakota state. So obviously a lot of work to do on the next, next year's class, but uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, uh, Jamie Newman from who transferred over to Georgia. He's uh, good athlete. He's, he could be interesting. Right. Uh, Brock Purdy from Iowa State. KJ Costello transferring from Stanford to Mississippi State. And uh, De'Ara King, if he can get it done at Miami, uh, could be very, very high on the draft list, too, for next year. But the Patriots are obviously 
going to be involved in next year's draft class. But, uh, I mean, would you have gone with a Jordan Love, or do you think they did the right thing by, you know, even though it wasn't planned, by not making a rash, rash decision to move up to take a quarterback? It's hard for me to ever tell Bill Belichick he's wrong because the guy is probably <laughs> one of the better coaches. As much as I want to give the Patriots a hard time, right. I respect him. Like he's, he's that good. I think I would have snuck into the back of the first round. Like, A, it would have saved Green Bay fans so much agony right now. That would have been tremendous. <laughs> well, who cares? Um, like, that's funny. It would have been, well, it would have been tough, too, because I doubt the they got the pick from the Dolphins. I doubt the Dolphins trade with the Patriots. So that probably doesn't happen. Uh, so they have to go another pick ahead of that probably to get love. I think they should have, but that's just me. Like, I think they could have done things a little differently and maybe – not gotten a kicker in the round five and traded a fifth and, and your, and your first you know, move up or something. I think Patriots fans are, and maybe, you know, just the, uh, brash and, and cockiness of them makes them not care as much as, uh, like the Packer fans that are freaking out. But I think even if they had like taken Jake Fromm in the sixth round, you know, fifth or sixth round, wherever he they would have breathed easier. Like, yeah, if they would have taken from where Rojas or win or whatever, you know, because didn't he go after him? Uh, didn't he oh, go like yeah, pick 160 so. or something to the Bills? Let me see. Because uh, Rohasser was 159, and then Fromm was, nope, you know what, Fromm 155. So Oh, barely. Four picks. See, they, they could have traded up for that. They could have, easily. Uh, so yeah. if they would have just taken Jake Fromm, I think people would have went, okay, well, there's a little bit of a plan. But I think if you didn't get the guys that you want in this draft, I think they did the right thing by not taking one. And I know... People will think it's counterintuitive to what I said about the Packers going up and getting Jordan Love because I think that's uh, I think that move was fine. I don't think that not taking a wide receiver in the this class in the deepest wide receiver class in the history of the NFL when you need wide receiver was ridiculous. I, I do, and so I understand Packers fans. I, I think you should be more mad about them not taking a wideout than them spending a first round pick on Jordan Love. I, Quick question for you. Yes. Quick question. What was the better of the two picks, Love to Green Bay or Hurts to Philadelphia? Hurts to Philadelphia, 100%. Would you, would you rather have Hurts to Green Bay or Love to Green Bay? No, I think I think it doesn't. I think I'm just talking about the spot of taking a quarterback. Okay, gotcha. uh, because uh, Aaron Rodgers has been hurt before, but Wentz has hurt every single year. Oh, I so, love the Hurts. We talked about it on Saturday. I love yeah, it. Yeah, and I don't know why Philadelphia fans were freaking out. Like, you won a Super Bowl because they, you had a they, good backup they quarterback. Throw- they throw snowballs at Santa Claus. Like and they just batteries, don't like right. nice things. Yeah, I know, I know. I saw uh, a, uh, <laughs> I saw a cartoon uh, from this place called Bang Cartoons. Uh, they made uh, one of the the fans. They drafted. They're, they're like uh, Carpenter from Jerusalem, Jesus Christ, <laughs> and the Philly fans. Boom! I, I bet you. I bet you. Carol Baskins is an Eagles fan. <laughs> No way. She's a Detroit Lions fan or Cincinnati Bengals. Or something Bengals. Yeah, yeah Bengals. for sure. For <laughs> sure. But uh, that is going to put a wrap on it uh, for us today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Remember to follow us all on Twitter at Bogman Sports for me, at BD Endrick for Bubba, at Is It the Welsh for the Welsh. We'll be back here tomorrow and we'll be talking about his division because we got to hear what his final opinion on the Niners draft was. But we will see you guys tomorrow. Take it easy, everybody, and wash your hands.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevitz, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.